Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, some bullshit just happened. And I swear to God, this calls for the emergency pod. We gonna let the band deal with this. <laughs> mm-hmm. Family, I got a public service announcement. Volvo. I got a pocket full of beans. Ain't got no place to go, though. But all my fucking boys, they know, though. That's for sure, though. Are those beautiful jeans you're wearing? Hell nah. You know they polo. What's up, family? It's your boy, Elvis, and you are tuning to the greatest podcast to ever hit the airways. That is the Just Eldridge Podcast. I'm super excited because I'm about to record the greatest episode I have ever recorded. I say that every time, but I mean it every single time. Family, I'm going to do something today that I normally don't do. Today, I'm going to do something that I purposely, intentionally avoid doing. Today, I'm going to address white people. On this podcast, I know Keith, this may come to as a surprise to you. On this podcast, we focus on having real conversations with real people on real issues that we're living, right? And a lot of times those conversations are with African American, black people. I'm just not one to give a lot of energy to my white counterparts. Even in all of this climate in society, I see a lot of stuff. Like, see, what people don't really fail to realize about me, they look at my locks, they look at my unks, they look at my dashikis, and they make an assumption of who I am and where I've come from. I'm from Monroe, Georgia. Right now, majority um, Caucasian community. I went to high school at Athens Christian Academy, Athens Christian School, as well as Faith Academy. Um, my first church I went to was called Little Bethlehem Love's Temple. We were one of three black families of a couple of hundred members. Um, then we left there and went to church in the now, which was a multicultural church. Um, but majority white leadership. So I do have a lot of white people in my life and I see a lot of white people in my life making comments and statements. I've seen it throughout the years. I've seen people that I hung out with praise Trump. I've seen people that I um, have broke bread with um, denounce Black Lives Matter. I've seen a lot of white people and I know let me say this. I got some white people that's holding it down. I talk about Colin Nunez. I've been knowing Colin since I was five. First best friend. We still kid it. Matter of fact, Colin is the reason why I'm a published author. 
he gave me the money to publish my first book. Me and Colin been rocking. Uh, I've interviewed a uh, white boy, cool white boy, Matt. So I got some cool white people in my life, but I just choose not to have that conversation. I think it's exhausting. I think I don't believe you can change people's minds. So I try not to focus on that. I try to focus on the progression of my people. But today I'm going to do something different today. I'm going to give white people life changing advice. Because in this time, right now, people are trying to figure out, and a lot of white people, I've, I've had this conversation with a few, they're trying to figure out, what do I do? How do I get involved? Because everybody wants to say they were on the right side of history. So everybody wants to be an ally. So today, Keith, if it's okay with you, I would like to give white people the steps to be a true ally. Are you cool with that? Before I get into that, Keith, do you, uh, you got any white friends? Nah, you know what? Uh, I was thinking about that. Uh, I actually don't really have any, uh, white friends, you know. I, I know white people, you know. Um, when you say you know white people, like, like I know, I, like, it's some, it's some white people I went to school with that, you know, if I had to have a conversation with a white person, I could reach out to them. So today I want to talk about, um, allies. I want to talk about people being allies. What is, and what is not an ally. Right. Um, because again, everybody want to be involved, right? Everybody wants to say they are a part of the solution. Um, one thing about it, you're starting to see a lot of companies, um, you starting to see a lot of companies come out and they are giving their support. So Target came out. Juneteenth is a official holiday now for Target. You know, um, the NFL s- said they apologize. And now all of the, uh, like is, I ain't gonna lie. I went on the NFL Twitter page and it was a little sickening. It was just like, they said every black NFL player send us your pictures of you protesting or go protest and send us the pictures so we can post it on our page. Like it was, it was just like, uh, it was, it was pretty, it was pretty to me. It's symbolic. It's not real change. It's symbolic. So, uh, Angie mama. Now they are no longer, they're changing the name. Angel Mama the Serp the Pancake. Nah, bruh. And Jemima? Angel Mama, whatever. And yeah. if it changed Uncle Ben? I think so too. I think so too. Shit. So, you know, people are, you know, yo, we are people about change. People, everybody want to be a part of change, but I hate to bust, burst their bubble. That's not real change. So there's a quote by Malcolm X. He says, if you stick a knife in my back nine inches and pull it out six inches, there's no progress. If you pull it out all of the way, that's still not progress. Progress is healing the wound that the blow made. And America 
hasn't even pulled the knife out, much less healed the wound. So what do I mean by that? Stabbing the knife in black people back was slavery, Jim Crow, police brutality, war on drugs, everything that that's that's stabbing the knife, right? Pulling the knife halfway out is uh you get a June two. You know what I'm saying? Like like we're gonna acknowledge you. What they're doing now is simply acknowledging. We're not even talking about work. We're just saying, I'm going to acknowledge the day where we made you free. Like, I want y'all to think about this shit. And motherfuckers want you to, like, jump up and praise and, oh, wow, Target. Target did it. Like, I was talking to this dude. And he was just telling me, I know a couple of people that work at uh, MailChimp. One person that I know, I won't say his name on the podcast. He was like, I ain't, that's, that don't mean nothing to me. That's, that's not enough. We should have been doing that. So you mean to tell me you didn't care that I was free before? Like you didn't. So there's another guy that's like, oh man, this is great. This is great. Getting paid on Juneteenth. Like, it's again, so it's one of those situations where people are really trying to make us, you know, shout out to the man DC, right? Shout out him. Shout out. Him. But at the same time, paint on the street is, I mean, I appreciate it, but it's paint. Like at this time, see, see, this is what I'm trying to sell white people. Y'all hard-headed because if, (laughs) look, for real, if you would have listened to us before, this is what the going price was before. But four, four, five years ago, three, hell, two years ago, if we want to be real, if they would have got there and came out and said, oh, all this stuff they doing, oh, Juneteenth, oh, we apologize. Like two years ago, y'all might have would have had some real peaceful nights. Y'all probably would have guaranteed nothing was happening no time. Like, I mean, y'all would have, y'all would have got us because we have not hit that boiling point where we are now. What you are seeing now in black people is a boiling point. That's why to this day, there are people in the streets right now every day. So that's something that we say at rallies. No justice. No peace. Until we get real justice, transformational change, y'all get absolutely no peace. So I appreciate the holiday. But I don't give a fuck. Like I want a real ally. So all right, history lesson for white people. John Brown, one of the greatest white men to ever live. John Brown was a leading figure in the abolitionist movement in the pre-Civil War United States. Unlike many anti-slavery activists, he was not a pacifist and he believed in aggressive action against slaveholders and any government officials who enabled them. An entrepreneur who ran a tannery and cattle trading business prior to the economic crisis in 1839, Brown became involved in the abolitionist movement following the brutal murder of 
Presbyterian minister and anti-slavery activist Elijah P. Lovejoy in 1837. He said at that time, here before God in the presence of these witnesses, from this time, I concentrate my life to the dedication and destruction of slavery. Now that's a white boy after my own heart. New show coming on Showtime. It's, uh, yeah, yeah, I seen it. It's gonna be fine. So John Brown, this was a real ally. This is somebody that really dedicated his life. This is somebody, you know, we talk about empaths, right? This is somebody that's seen the black struggle that we live daily. And he said, my life is dedicated to this because of it. He was assassinated. So I want y'all to really, cause white people, I was like, be like Dr. King. I'm going to start giving y'all an ancestor. Be like John Brown. Y'all always want to tell us who, who y'all want us to be like. I want y'all to be like John Brown and be a real, real, um, ally. So how did I get here? Today, I just been seeing it's it's a lot. There's a story that happened in the news about this white pastor. Like, can we start there? I'm gonna start there. So there's a story about this white pastor that decided he doesn't want to call what he has white privilege. He want to call it white blessings. So for those that <laughs> he want to change the language. So for those that haven't heard, I'm gonna play the clip for y'all right here. Let's see where is this clip. It's interesting because I feel like on the inside of the church, we're fighting this historical context you talk about. In other words, we love the blessing of the cross, but we don't we don't love to sit in it and realize this is what God's asking me to do, to die to myself and to live for him, whatever context that's going to look like for me. But I want to flip that upside down because I think the other side of it is true with our nation's history. We miss, we understand the curse that was slavery, uh-huh. white people do. And we say that. Was- All right, so y'all hear this bullshit. I'm going to let y'all listen to the rest, but I want to set the tone. This is two... This is a pastor. His name is Pastor Louis uh, Giglio. Mm-hmm. Pastor Louis Giglio. Um, the CEO of Chick-fil-A, Dan Cathy. <laughs> Goddamn Chick-fil-A. Dang. The, Dang. Uh, Chick-fil-A, the unboycottable. <laughs> hey, that how you know Chick-fil-A is unboycottable? Because... All I seen was Lecrae and, and Giorgio. But no Chick Fil A, no Kathy but, trended. But Kathy also didn't say shit. I'm gonna just be real. <laughs> Kathy didn't say shit. So there's Kathy and then there's Lecrae. For those that don't know who Lecrae is, Lecrae is probably one of the biggest holy hip hop rappers in the game. Um, he has performed on the BET Awards. As far as being a crossover gospel artist. Nobody has done more in the holy hip hop game than Lecrae. I also want to point out Lecrae is a black man who stands about six two, six three. So you hear this white boy talking how crazy he's talking in front of this black man. So I seen the video, but I didn't I seen the clip, but I didn't know Lecrae was there. Let me finish playing what he's saying. 
but we miss the blessing of slavery, that it actually built up the framework for the world that white people live in and lived in. And so a lot of people call this white privilege, and when you say those two words, it just is like a fuse goes off for a lot of white people because they don't want... (laughs) That really bust my bubble. (laughs) White privilege. (laughs) Somebody telling them to check their privilege. And so I know that you and I both have struggled in these days with, hey, if the phrase is the trip up, let's get over the phrase and let's get down to the heart. Let's get down to what then do you. See, this is where um, Lecrae is. He's nervous. Let me be honest with y'all. Lecrae's nervous for a couple of reasons. One, he black and this white man talking very confidently, boldly, and ignorantly. We're going to hear a couple of white men on this show talk like that. So, but this is how he makes his money as well. This is boss, in a sense. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, and this is in front of, I can imagine, a lot of people watching this shit right now. You know what I'm saying? So, he don't know what to do, right? He not... He living in this white church world. Those mega churches are white worlds. Black people go there, but there are white worlds. Whether we want to admit it or not, they're white worlds. Prime example, shit like this is being said. And he think this shit is okay. We're going to finish it. We're going to finish it up. I call it, and I think maybe a great thing for me is to call it white blessing. That I'm living in the blessing of the curse that happened. Hey, check your blessings. <laughs> I want y'all white folks to check y'all blessings at the door. <laughs> and generationally, mm-hmm. that allowed me to grow up in Atlanta. And, you know, you're talking about being 57. If you were 57, I can't imagine being that old, Dan, and being 57. <laughs> but uh, I've said to our church, Lecrae, a few weeks ago, when I was... That's it. Dan left. <laughs> Hold on, hold on, damn what you laughing at, bro? Cause he know old boy fucking <laughs> Don't fuck up my lunch now. Born the day I was born on Boulevard at Georgia Baptist Hospital in 1958, black people did not have equal rights in this city. Not my grandparents' lifetime or their lifetime in my lifetime. This is right now mm-hmm. what we're talking about today and. So the pastor just said some dumb shit. Internet goes crazy, as we do, going in on his ass. So now Lecrae takes to his audience to give his response video. What's up, y'all? All right, so let's talk about it. About now everybody's seen the video with myself and Lou Giglio, and uh, you wondering what the heck is going on. Well, first of all, let me- <laughs> then he said, hey, whenever niggas say, let's talk about it, <laughs> he lying. <laughs> like you be able to hey, hey. What is this in your phone? Uh, shit, let's, let's talk, talk about, about it. it. <laughs> dang, dang, dang. Oh, <laughs> why are you late to work today? <laughs> hey, let's let's talk. Hey, look, I've been late this week because uh, let's talk about it. Like shit. So anytime somebody start with, when anytime somebody start with a clap, 
A clap, you gotta realize, a clap is symbolic. You know, when you're on a movie scene, they be like, action. <laughs> like, a clap. Why this nigga DMing you? Look, man, let's talk about it. <laughs> hey, who the fuck are these niggas on your pictures on Instagram? I mean, let's, let's talk about them. <laughs> hey, look. Let's talk about it. That's when you're about to lie. <laughs> Let's see what he said. Let me just say this. Um, thank y'all. Like, sincerely, thank y'all for y'all just acknowledging the pain and the frustration that y'all had uh, with everything that you've seen. I know this is a, a it, it's, it's rough. You know what I'm saying? We're talking about 345 years, 400 years of, of chattel slavery and then 89 years of Jim Crow. And uh, we're battling still in 2020. So I appreciate y'all acknowledging the pain. Hey, look. That boy reading numbers out that paper. I'm watching them. Damn. That boy, that boy, that boy, 3, that boy reading them numbers. And the frustration that you have with what was said, um, it's helped me process a lot as well. First of all, I want you to know I wasn't okay with it. Um, even as I sat there, I was very uncomfortable and I was processing on like, man, how do I, what do I say in light of this? Um, it's been a lot of. Okay. So. This is why I, I I say I like Lecrae, right? I believe him when he says I was trying to process it. I believe that. I truly believe he was trying to process it because how do you how do you address somebody that is so out of line? See what I'm saying? How do you address somebody that's so out of line? Because all right, let's keep going. Hold on. I'm going to make my full thought when he finished. Where, um, as I've navigated white supremacy or, or racial injustice, where I've just been trying to figure out, um, you know, where I wanted to lash out, honestly, in anger. And there's other moments where I've been like, all right, God, give me the grace and the wisdom on how to deal with this. And um, in that moment, I was processing like, man, how do I, what do I do? Um, I ended up having a conversation with him subsequently, you know, right after we talked. And then I talked to him again. See it? He lying right there. So he said he had a... Anytime somebody said they had a uh, conversation subsequently, <laughs> that ain't a word you say when you mad. You say, I talked them motherfucker right over that shit was over, bro. <laughs> hey, sooner that shit was over, <laughs> bro, I had to pull a brother to the side. <laughs> subsequently, you don't do that <laughs> when you uncomfortable. <laughs> you mad, bro? You don't you don't say subsequently, bro. When you mad, I'm just gonna be real with you. Lying. Hey, he lying. Now I do believe this other part. I do believe the other part. I believe he said he talked to him when it popped off. Again last night, and um, and, and let him know my my views and my perspectives. And obviously, I, I I wasn't okay with it. And we can't just be virtue signaling and doing this because it's the end thing to do to talk about race on platforms. Um, and I didn't have any ulterior motives other than to you know help um uh, and 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 articulate you know some of what's going on in our world and in our culture. So uh, I just want to thank y'all, uh, especially my black sisters who have been on the front lines. Um, you know I know y'all going through a lot this week, and I just want to encourage y'all and thank y'all uh, for everything uh, that y'all have said and um. And thanks for the encouragement. I appreciate y'all. I love y'all. Obviously, I'm not okay with, you know, changing white privilege to white blessing. That's a privilege in and of itself. Um, but, you know, man, um, yeah, we, we, uh, we, 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 we talked about it and we're going to continue working through it. So I appreciate y'all. I love y'all. So what happened was 
he um the pastor called him after after the internet took off. Him and the pastor had to talk then. And in my mad in my mind, in my imagination, I imagine the conversation kinda of going like Lecrae, I didn't mean that. I you you get it. You understood what I was saying, right? You I mean, you understand. You get it. Right? Right? See why I felt like to do that, right? <laughs> so <laughs> that's how I imagine the conversation went. The reason why I feel like he also didn't say nothing to him, because for two things. One, you didn't really articulate what your problem was. Like it's one thing to say, oh, I was sitting if I was sitting there processing while you were having that conversation, that means I don't thought about this on my ride home. This this video came like a day, two days later, right? So I don't thought about this on my ride home. I don't thought about I don't talk this with my homeboy. I don't talk about this on the pillow with my shawty. And by the time I don't articulate it, what was wrong with it, why I don't like it, we didn't hear that on this video. Because I don't think you know what, what was wrong with it. I think you regurgitating what you're hearing, the people say online that that's privilege and that's not cool, but I don't think you know. And I'm not blaming him, but I just want to point out this is what happens when people begin to don't allow people to put you on. There's a rule in my book. Talk about what you know. Don't allow people to put you on a stage to talk about race, um, relations, if that's not your world. That's not, I, I see a lot of people out here thinking they qualified to talk to these white folk about race and they're not just because you black don't mean you are you're not studied in it you don't know how to articulate it you don't know how to break down the subliminal racism and white supremacy that they're throwing at you even in the angle of the conversation so what happens is they put people up there that are not equipped with the tools to fight back so when they say dumb shit like, let's say white privilege, white blessings instead of white privilege, you are not equipped to push back on air to me. That's what happened. Thank God for black Twitter. They got in his ass. Let's hear the pastor's response. And sincerely apologize for the use of the phrase on Sunday, white blessing. And I extend that apology today to every single person who is listening to me right now. But oh yeah, y'all hear that? Y'all hear that crumble voice? <laughs> y'all hear that voice? Like you about to cry now? Now, uh, to me, that right there, that voice is a couple of things, right? That voice is you either got that one black auntie that loved this church. You know what I'm saying? She don't mind being around white folk. But she still going to give you hell. She don't went in on you, right? You either got that or you, your kids discovered what black Twitter was for the first time. <laughs> and they reading all these goddamn tweets about their daddy. <laughs> because Twitter drugged this man. <laughs> One thing I know Twitter be drag dragging folk. Cardi B said that shit hurt her feelings. <laughs> Hey, Cardi B said, first thing she did was go get her teeth fit, bro. <laughs> That's how I know black Twitter be. And look, and, and, and another reason why I know, 
I have went viral for saying some shit that people didn't like. <laughs> so I know what it feels like for the world <laughs> to be at your neck. And then <laughs> you don't have enough friends to respond to help you. Like, <laughs> And then when they do try to respond, they get their ass kicked too. <laughs> so that's what we're hearing in his voice. Bruh crying. <laughs> and most importantly, I extend that apology to my black brothers and sisters. I, like so many, am so burdened about what is happening in our nation right now. And I'm heartbroken about where we are as a nation. And one of the things that I'm most heartbroken about is trying to help myself continue to learn and to help my white brothers and sisters understand that white privilege is real. And in trying to get that sentiment across on Sunday, I used the phrase white blessing, for which I'm deeply sorry. Horrible choice of words does not reflect my heart at all. I don't, to be clear, believe there's any blessing in slavery. To the contrary, what I'm trying to understand and help people see is that I, my white brothers and sisters, we sit in large part where we are today because of the centuries of gross injustice done to our black brothers and sisters. So this is my heart. This is what I want to more fully understand because I believe this will help us stay engaged in this conversation so that we can all move forward together. So thank you for just letting me open my heart to you today. Thank you for letting me apologize directly to you today. And I ask that you would pray for me and possibly even join me as I just desire to continue to learn, to understand, to stay engaged and to be a part of all of us moving forward together to the place that God wants us to be. Okay. First, first of all, if you are a person that is studied in white supremacy, diversity and training, there's a check to be made from this pastor. I might even submit Derek Bozeman resume and get us that money because that pastor right now, like you, this is how you're going to know if it's real, right? What happens next? What do you put on your platform next? Who do you give a voice next? That's how you're going to know it's real. Cause that right there, again, symbolic. It was symbolic. So what is the next thing is your church going to do to show us that you're real? So the motherfucker about to cry. So I'm going to be real. That shit right there didn't really bother me. Like again, because I just see white folks say dumb shit all the time on my social media. And I just pass that shit. Like I ignore it and I just, for some reason, yesterday, I didn't ignore it. <laughs> so yesterday, um, there's a white boy my guy grew up with named Judah Sweetly. 
Um, I got to set the stage why this is significant. First of all, I blame Lecrae. Lecrae is why I just lost a white friend that I've been knowing since I was 12 years old. Shit. (laughs) Let me tell you why. Because I watched the video of Lecrae sit there while a white man completely disrespected our history, our culture. I sat there and watched Lecrae not have the words, right? And I felt bad for Lecrae, right? And then I also said in that same thought, boy, if that was me, if that was me, I would go in on that white boy. That's what I said, right? I swear to you, Keith, on the podcast Bible, not on, not five minutes later, I come across my friend Judah video. Damn. Not five minutes later. Now Judah, he been doing videos a lot. He he been he's just one of them dudes that you know he's a pastor. Uh, Judah has he's a, a performer. He's a speaker. He spoke all over the world. Um, he even spoke at uh, uh, Dr. King's. Uh, he spoke at Dr. King's uh, the holiday, right? He just spoke at the holiday. So Judah is a speaker, right? He. Uh, he gets called on a lot to speak. So he has a very opinionated personality. Um, let me see. Let me see if I can. Uh, I just want to let y'all hear this. This is Judah at the King Center. This is Judah at the King Memorial Holiday. Good morning, everybody. Does anyone feel the presence of God in this place today? Amen. Uh, on behalf of the entire Swilly family and my church, the movement, thank you all for inviting me to be a part of this monumental event today. Uh, celebrating the life and legacy of Dr. King is truly humbling. And it's also the greatest honor of my life. I want to read a passage out of Colossians chapter 3, verse 11 through 17. It says, here there is neither Jew nor Greek, circumcised or not circumcised, barbarian or Scythian, neither male or female, slave or free, but Christ is all and in all. Somebody say all. Now look, he know how to do it. You know, black folk like, you know, black folk like that, uh, call and response. You know what I'm saying? He's been doing it for a while now. Like, he ain't new to this. Holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against one another, forgive each other, just as the Lord has forgiven you. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. Ladies and gentlemen, we are one, and it's about time we started acting like it. So that's Judas Wheeler. Speaks all over the world. Um, He was on um, Real Pastors of Atlanta. You remember that TV show? So he was one of the pastors for that. Um, 
you know, I've seen, you know, he rapped too. <laughs> so look, he raps too. He raps, uh, does music. Um, I've seen people call him white chocolate, you know, when, when, um, black people like white people. Some, some black people be like, you know, white, you white chocolate, man. You, you, you white chocolate. So I'm setting the stage. This is who Judah is. So I just watched the Lecrae thing five minutes later. I see this video, Judah, and it was this long caption that was pretty much saying, if you have not watched the entire tape of Ray Richard um, Brooks, if you have not watched the entire tape of Richard Brooks, you cannot talk. So I'm like, this is my boy Judah, right? And now y'all know I don't watch. Y'all heard the last episode. <laughs> I don't watch the entire tape. So I'm like, oh, I guess I can talk. So let's just see. <laughs> let's just see what my boy talking about. So I'm going to play the beginning setup and then I'm going to get to the meat. Because it's a 15 minute video. You can find it on his page. I actually reshared it. But this is how we're going to start. Hey, everybody. I wanted to talk a little bit about the Rashard Brooks killing that happened the other night here in Atlanta. It actually happened just down the road from where I live. I used to go to that Wendy's all the time. Uh, I hit the BP right next to it to get gas. He's relatable. If I go for a jog or a walk, I usually walk that direction past it, um, just a few blocks down the road. So it hits uh, pretty close to home for me. It hits home because I've ate at this Wendy's before. Again, to my white audience, because I'm going to share this to all of my white friends, I need y'all to pay attention. Because I'm about to give you a guide on what an ally should not do. Talked about this in a video, but um, I wasn't going to say much more about it. uh, But police footage has come out from their body cams. And I've seen a lot of... um, very extreme rhetoric being said online and so I figured I'm going to come on and say one more thing about it uh, to hopefully shed some light and to find a reasonable voice in this I think it's important for us to speak truth to call things as they are um, for us I'm not going to lie at this point because I know Judah right my boy spoke at the King Center so I'm like he with me <laughs> and if, I ain't going to lie I don't have no red flags up at this point to be objective as much as possible and for us to look at things in context you know it's important to read scripture in context i talk about that all the time in my church because you could just take one little scripture and make it mean whatever you want it to mean but it's also important to read headlines and news in context you know we live in a a soundbite culture right now where people can just post one thing or a news outlet can post one line and nobody even takes the time to even read through an article half the times the articles are off too but there's nothing like actually having real footage that you can watch and i challenge you watch these links i've posted four of them here in this video one is from officer brosnan's uh body cam the other is from officer rolf's body cam one is from a passerby that was there they got the tussle on camera and then the other one is from i think the wendy's parking lot security footage so you can see literally before and after you can see every second of this thing leading up and i just wanted to talk about it for a minute because even with me providing these links i know that some of you are not going to look at it i don't know why 
but people want to jump to conclusions before they ever dive into real information. And it's very dangerous to do that, to take things out of context. It's very important that we jump into facts and actually look at situations so then we can have a real conversation based on what actually transpired and happened. And I believe that if you have not watched these footages, if you have not checked out every second this of these important. clips, which I have several times, uh, you should not be speaking on this because you do not know what you're talking about. You're ignorant to the situation if you have not educated yourself on it. I have educated myself. I don't have all the answers, but I do want to come at this uh, in an objective way for you today because I am a voice uh, that is a public voice. I'm a pastor. Now, this is the part that's important right here because he's telling us why he's being objective. Obviously, but I'm also someone in the community that wants to see real change. And I think that it's important for us to be consistent. I think it's important for us to speak truth no matter what, to call it like it is. So that way, you know, you can trust my voice. And when something truly is egregious, if something truly is uh, something that needs to change, you know that I mean it when I want to speak out about it. And so since you're not going to probably watch those clips that I provided, I'm just going to paraphrase what happened the other night. Uh, based so. <clears throat> right here he paraphrases and he breaks it down. What, what he says is the police officers were absolutely nice and professional to the average person. You're not the police officer. They were not yelling. They were not aggressive in their tone of voice. So I see where he came from that. He also commended Rashard. He said, Rashard was cool, actually somebody I could hang out with. He was like, so he really just broke down how he felt. He, he just talked, he walked you through the whole process. I'm not going to play all that. I'm going to jump to the problem. And you know what I mean? He was, he was super respectful, super, super down to earth and cool. Seemed like. And that makes it really touch home because you're like, dude, this is somebody that I could have been friends with. You know, I could see myself hanging out with this person, right? Everything changes when the cop breathalyzes him and says, I think you've had too much to drink and begins to arrest him. He says, put your hands behind your back. Even up to this point, everything is as good as you could possibly make it. This is what you want out of your cops up to this point. They're respectful. They are not dragging someone out of his car and doing all that kind of thing that people are saying because they have not actually uh, watched any of the footage. As soon as they put his hands behind his back, Richard starts trying to get out of it and tries to run. They all of a sudden are uh, in a tussle. Now I've posted, like I said, I've posted the other camera angle because the body cam, some people are saying, why did the body cam fall off? That, that's because they were trying to hide it so they could kill Richard. Bro, that is not true. When they're wrestling, their body cam fell off, but luckily we have security footage so you can literally see the entire thing, even when the body cam falls off. They wrestle. Richard, uh, I don't know if he landed a punch. He tries to throw a punch at the cop grabs his taser and he's running as he's running he turns and tries to fire the taser at officer Roth and Roth fires off a couple shots at him now I want to talk about this today briefly because again I have seen some of pe some of the people that are I guess connected to me on social media when he says some of the people he's addressing black people he's seen black people posting things that are embar embarrassingly Embarrassingly, black people are posting things that are embarrassingly egregious. They are egregious. dangerous to post this. This is they are dangerous. We're posting stuff that dangerous. I want to let y'all know the statement that he's about to say. He's saying is embarrassingly egregious. It's dangerous. 
what violence comes from. This is where racism really helps helps boost that. It helps boost. So what he's saying, what he the statement that he said people are posting is embarrassingly, embarrassingly egregious. It's dangerous. It's where violence comes from. This is where racism is boosted. So at this point, I'm like, bang, like he about to go in on these white folk. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> when I first hear the statement, I'm like, boy, my boy about to go. That's my white boy. I'm like, I got an ally. So this is what happens. Violence comes from this is where racism really helps helps boost that. It helps boost division. When you take one little thing and you begin to say things like, Oh, I can't even be I can't even be black and go get a double cheeseburger from Wendy's anymore without being shot. Dude, that is very that is a very ignorant and dumb statement to say, dude, and it is dangerous. It's like, shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. This dude. I got to finish. I got to. Hold on. I got to finish. I want it because I'm going to address all of it. Rashard wasn't saying, hey, can I get a double cheeseburger with uh, extra ketchup? And um, can I get a milkshake? Boom. All of a sudden there's shots. That's not what happened. Some people say, oh, well, you can't even be black and sleep in a, a parking lot anymore. You know, sleep it off and, and anything like that. That's not true. The cop was allowing him to get into a parking space. He didn't even ask him if he had been drunk. He was not woken up out of his sleep with gunshots. If you think that or if you have said that, you are dangerous to society right now, especially with everything so intense as it is. What happened was Richard fought the cops. He fought the cops and the cops used excessive force to take him down. Now, let's talk about that. I believe that the cops used too much excessive force, particularly Officer Roth. I don't believe Officer Brosnan did anything wrong. I mean, he literally from point A to point B the entire time he was a respectable cop. For those of you saying that he's a murderer and needs to be fired and all that and charged as well, that is asinine because it's not the same thing as George Floyd where there's all these dumb officers watching someone torture a man for almost nine minutes by suffocating the life out of him. It's not the same. Those cops deserve to be charged and go to prison for the rest of their lives. They did nothing to help that man. That's not what happened here. This all happened in the blink of an eye, a split second. So Officer Brosnan, like, he, what is he supposed to do? How is he supposed to stop that situation, you know? But here's the thing. I think it's important for us to realize, no matter what race you are, I don't care if you're white or black, Asian, Hispanic, if you hit a cop, if you fight a cop, you're probably going to be shot. Now, should you be shot? That's the argument we can have. We can have the argument, did he, and this is the only argument you should have about the situation, is should he have shot him or not? The argument is not being asleep in a parking lot. The argument is not drunk driving and letting him go home. The argument is not this or that. It is literally comes down to that. And if you are arguing that, I fall on the side of, no, he shouldn't have been shot to death. That, that was an excessive use of force. However, you can not be surprised that, that that force was used because it would be used on anybody. I believe there are racist cops in the world, just like there's racist any human being in the world. But this was, I don't believe, race-induced. I don't believe this was race-driven. I believe the cop acted excessively, but I don't believe that if, he was, if it was a white dude that...
So do me a favor, Q. Before we get into why this is so wrong, I need you to. Re- re- I just want people to know this is my response. And again, people, this is someone that I've been knowing since I was twelve. Um, I owe a great deal to his father because that church, Church of the Now, is where I feel like my leadership began to blossom. They gave me a platform to lead, specifically Pastor Person, rest in peace, who um, allowed me to take over the youth detention ministry when we were going to the YDC and ministering to the young people. Um, I get a, I got a really opportunity to lead at this church. So this is somebody that I've been knowing for a really long time. All of his people on his page know we know each other for a long time. But I remember just being absolutely, you ever like, you know when you about to go fight somebody, how you kind of feel like, it ain't like you bad, but it's kind of like you got that anxious feeling. I started getting that watching the video. And I was like, how, what am I going to say? Am I going to call him? I said, no, you know what? Fuck this. I'm going to say what I'm going to say. Y'all know I go in on a black mayor, a black woman mayor, when she be on that bullshit. What the fuck you think I'm going to do if a white man, this this dude literally said that black people sound ignorant and ridiculous for saying that we're going to, we can't go to the, get a cheeseburger and eat. For say, look, these are based off reoccurring events. This ain't an isolated thing. And he shot like, he's so delusional. So, all right. So when I went, when I look at the page, this is another reason why. So again, I blame Lecrae. Cause <laughs> I said, I'm not, at, at this time, I'm looking at it like I'm sitting on the couch with him talking. And if I don't say something, I'm just better Lecrae. <laughs> so keep read, read what I said. Uh, Judah. And he tagged Judah, so, so Judah know what's up. Judah, I have known you most of my life, and you know that I love you, but when I say this, I honestly and truly hope you hear me. Shut the fuck up. Exclamation point capitalizations. Shut the fuck up. He says, you sound absolutely delusional. You have no idea what it feels like to be a black man or woman in this country. I do not care if you grew up around them or even pastored them for, uh, you have no idea. You can't go to a park as a black man, as Tamir Rice. You can't chill in your house as a black man, as Jamarian Robinson. You can't have a mental health breakdown, as Anthony Hill. And the list goes on and on, bro. The reason why people say that they can't do these things as a black person is because they are scared. You have a level of security that will never, that we will never have. You have no idea how it feels to know that you Look as guilty, suspicious, and dangerous on site. If you honestly think what happened to Rashad Brooks has nothing to do with police brutality and the over-policing of our communities, you are truly out of touch. For you to call black people who are expressing their fear, anxiety, doubts, and concerns based on real, reoccurring events uh, uh, dangerous because you don't understand is baffling to me. Here's my advice. 
take down this video. It's not helpful, helpful, and it makes you look like a real asshole to black people, maybe some whites, who understand what's really going on. Apologize to those you offended, especially to those who call you their pastor. Be silent. Learn to listen. Whether you agree or not, there's not enough footage in this world for you to have to have the right to speak for or about black people and our pain. I say all of this in love. I know the level of support I have shown you throughout the years, but you completely missed the mark on this one. So you got to realize up and, until, and you and you posted that on your page or you put it under his. As I a put reply? it. I put it on a comment. Okay, under his video. Now you got to realize up until then, he's had an amen corner of old white people. That's like Judah. Amen, brother. You're standing on truth, brother. You're right, brother. Oh, uh, I don't believe the Rashad should die. But if you put your hands on the officer, you're going to die. Like, first of all, first of all, so, oh, yeah, after I commented that, he said something. He pretty much disregarded everything I said. said he was like, bro, I'm saying exactly what you're saying. I don't think you deserve to die. I just think this is not the same thing. Then I gave him another response. Then I began to post every video I can find of white people fighting Kicking the police, doing everything. It was one video where a white man beat up two officers and stole the car. Uh, it was the other one with a white boy butt naked. He was a, a murder suspect. Uh, it was a, then I showed a picture of Dylan Roof, uh, after he had got the Burger King. So I'm like, so my response, I said, Address those. I said, I can tell you every reason why every black person is dead. Explain why all these white people are alive. So we're going back and forth. So now at this point, now black people are starting to come on the page. Like, hey, bro, this how you know it's a shocker. It's a shocker because people are all saying, like, bro, you missed the mark. It's one thing to say, oh, you just a dumbass racist. It's another thing to say, like, bro, you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. This is what I always say about Andrew Soch. Solch, Schultz, what's his name? Yeah, Andrew Solch. He's, uh, the co, uh, co, uh, host of, um, the, uh, Brilliant Idiots podcast with Charlemagne the Guy, white boy, very, very, very confident white boy, talk shit about black culture, Dr. King, like, and, I just say when when you when you white folks get too comfortable, they feel like they can talk on anything. And this is a situation you heard you like he literally it hit home for him because he jogs by Wendy's. This hit home for me because I ordered a four for four from there last week. This hits home for me because that's where I go to eat my salads. If you want to really hear what I feel about the Right today I'm talking to y'all white people. What I feel about the case, we broke that down, episode 47. They keep spitting in our food. So if you want to understand, cause I watched the whole one hour 27 video and I broke down what I saw. I didn't see officers 
that were just absolutely nice. I saw officers that were toying with a drunk black man. I saw officers asking a whole bunch of unnecessary questions, knowing that the person was drunk. Give him his test and arrest him if you're going to arrest him. But it's something I always tell people, don't give me a slow no. I hate when people give me a slow no. Like, if you know you're not going to let me go, just lock me up ASAP. You asking this man questions, you having a conversation with him like you know you're going to let him leave. So I said before, it was plenty of opportunities for those cops too. He's the dude said he'll walk home. If you gave a fuck about his black life, if you gave a fuck about who he was and you really wanted to serve and protect the community, you could have let him walk home. You could have made him call somebody. You literally could have did so many things. If you really care. So what I seen was two white boys toying with a black because Rashard was funny. He had personality. You know how folk like to fuck with drunks. That's what I seen. But I seen it was professionally covered because you know you've been watched on camera. So no, you weren't laughing behind it. But some of the shit Rashard was saying was funny. So that's why you keep asking those same type questions to get those same type funny answers. He already told you he thought he was uh on Dixie Road. He already told you he thought he was on Forest Park. The dude is absolutely hammered. So Judah says this is not, this has nothing to do with race. So what happens, the police officers has his license. They have his car. They have a clear uh, ID on his face. If he got away, it's cool. We don't know how to catch him. He shoots a taser, true enough. The taser miss you. And then you immediately take his life. I know people, people talking about, people talk about driving, right? You know, when you drive and something in the road, whether it's a squirrel, cat, anything, because you just say it was a split decision. Why do we always swerve? We swerve because we don't want to hit it. We swerve because we understand that if I hit it, not only is it going to damage my car, I'm also going to kill this animal, and I don't want to do that. So we swerve. The reason why this officer in a split second didn't swerve, but he shot, he know, one, if I shoot him, it's not going to damage me. Because the police system that we operate in, where cop after cop after cop after cop after cop gets away with murder, it's not going to damage me. And I don't give a fuck about him living. So that's why I can switch the taser out of one hand, pull my gun in the other, and shoot him in the back. Stand over him, not give him any uh medical help, so Judah goes in, now people are, begins to comment on the page, right? All these black people going in, some white people, 
And Judah is has a response to everything. Oh, I'm I. Uh, well, he told me on my three things I told him to do. He said, "I'm not, I'm not taking back what I said. I stand on what I said. I'm not taking it down. It's ego now. Now a white man speaking on how black people are so ignorant for being scared of the police. He's telling us that we're wrong because he has the facts." Because he watched all of the videos. He's right. So, now here's the thing. There was a lot of people that comment, but one thing stood out to him is when I said, shut the fuck up. That fucked with Judah. It was fucked up. He made a whole other video just for me. Listen to this. So I wanted to do a little follow-up video to my video I posted earlier this evening. I've already had a lot of support and also a lot of backlash, which is anytime you take any kind of stand in the world, you're going to have people uh, that backlash against you. Um, so it's to be expected. But what's unfortunate is my stand is based on truth. It's based on unity. Uh, it's based on love. It's based on facts. And it's based on trying to build a bridge and have a real conversation. Unfortunately, uh, some people don't see it that way, and I've been told to, and I quote, shut the fuck up, and I'm sorry to use that language. Um, I usually, you know, I cuss sometimes in my private life, but I try in my public life not to as, as much. Uh, but I'm going to let you go, let you go. I need you to feel the words and the energy of that. Uh, so he said, I want you to feel the words and energy, and let me be clear. Judah, I wanted you to feel the words and the energy of the shut the fuck up. That's how I felt it. Shut the fuck up. You literally had the audacity to tell black people that they were ignorant. They were dangerous. They were inciting violence. They were boosting racism because they're fearful. That the same people that our tax money goes to serve and protect are killing us? Shut the fuck up. I was like, shut the fuck up. Shut the, like, fuck, shut up. the fuck up. I will fucking laser you with alien fucking eyes and explode shut your fucking head. Shut, shut the fuck Someone who claims to want to advance black people and build a bridge between people. Hold on, hold on. This is when you're here throwing jabs right here. And make changes. I think of someone who claims to want to advance black people and build a bridge between people and make changes. I think to make changes, telling someone to, and I, again, I quote, and I'm sorry, but to shut the fuck up. It does not put us in a position of progress. This hurt his feelings. I'm going to tell you why I hurt his feelings so bad. I'm going to break down the psychology of why he's so hurt. I think we have to begin to hear each other out so that we can make the change. If you see something in my video that you disagree with or that you think is untrue, please let me know. If it is untrue, I will always correct it. I, I live on truth. Anything that I post to you guys, 
is uh, rooted in facts. It's rooted in research. I pray about it. I think about it. I meditate on it. I don't just shoot. For- Who are you praying to? I told you to say that shit. You know what I mean? I, I really put a lot of thought into these things because I want to see change actually happen. Long lasting change. So, but if you ever see an untruth, let me know. Let's talk about it. I'd love to correct that. But what I posted earlier um, is not untrue. It's rooted in total love and trying to talk to everyone about a, a real situation and trying to talk to you black people. Facts uh, surrounding it. Um, the only thing that I would maybe clarify even more, which I didn't feel the need to to do it in my video because I've always said this is that black folks are disproportionately hurt by police. I've always said that. Statistically, we know that. You can scroll down my Facebook and see that I've always said that. So I'm not saying that that is not true. I've also said, and I said in my video earlier, and I'll say it again, I'll say it a thousand times, that Rashard Brooks should not have been killed. There are other avenues we can take. There's better training we can use. There's uh, less lethal weapons we can use. There's different ways to... Uh, de-escalate a situation, all that stuff, dude, I've said it. So if you reply to my video and say, well, he shouldn't have been dead, he shouldn't have got killed, he shouldn't be murdered, dude, you're preaching to the choir. I said that in the very video that you're commenting on. You clearly are not watching the video and you're definitely not watching the body cam footage and all the other things that I've posted. Because many people do not actually want change. Many people just want to uh, shout you down and tell you to shut the fuck up. Uh, we are told right now in this culture that silence is violence. And yet when you speak, if your opinion is any different than someone else, they will tell you to literally shut up and I quote, go take a seat. Or in other words, go sit down. Uh, that doesn't work for me and it doesn't work for progress. It doesn't work for the future. To tell someone that by being silent, they're being violent. And yet when they speak up, especially from a place of Love, a place of un- wanting to understand, a place of wanting to build a bridge and look at the things that are happening in our world in context. When you tell them to shut up, you're essentially saying, if you don't say exactly what I say in the way that I say it and articulate it ver- verbatim in the way that I do, you're wrong and just shut up. That is not how progress works in this world. And this is why I made this video that I posted earlier. This is why I'm making the video now. This is why I'm always on the forefront of actual change is because if you're going to make actual change in the world, you need everybody on board. And you begin to alienate those that have a different opinion or even maybe they have the same opinion, which I have of many of my brothers and sisters that have rebuked me tonight. Uh, I don't know how closely of a friend I can call you anymore because it's extremely rude and disrespectful. But I will Lecrae made me lose a friend. Good afternoon, parents. Good afternoon, boys and girls. Shut the fuck up, <laughs> Bro, what is he talking about, bro? Bro, he said he said the first statement. He said that he had facts, right? Then he said it was his opinion. Like I don't get it, bro. That's that's your home. Get your homeboy, bro. That's, well, that's your homeboy. According to him, we're not homeboys no more. So, uh, who my man, li- who man's is this? My little sister, uh, Victoria, says something to him. Then he comes on. He says, "Sorry, Victoria, but Eldridge is clearly no friend or family of mine. So please don't put him in that category. That was made clear tonight." I stand by what I said. If you don't see that it's rooted and grounded in love and in facts, then I really don't know what else to say. The point is, have I, the point is to have a real conversation, not tell everyone you know good and well has been on the right side of history to shut the fuck up. It's a shame. 
because we could have made great changes together. I will continue to make positive changes on my side, but not with people who exude, who exude divisive, hateful rhetoric, <laughs> rhetoric that I experienced tonight. God bless. And I quote, shut the fuck up. So, I'm not going to spend no more time on this. Let me say this to Judah. Brother, your level of arrogance is sickening. You have, again, black men and women on your page. And I want y'all to check it out. Go on Facebook, look at it. Black men and women on your page expressing how wrong you are for coming at them this way. And you fighting at everybody. So apparently because I said shut the fuck up, right? Our friendship is over. Like we never, uh, somebody else was like, bro, all your friends and peers or your black friends and peers are not with you. He said not one black friend or, or peer, not one friend or peer has commented on this page against me. Anybody else doesn't know me. I haven't seen them in years. I seen you last year. But that's not my point. It's cool. Like, I'm not tripping. Let me tell you, Q, you wanna know why he really mad? He really mad because the nigga spoke out of turn. I spoke out of turn against him on his page publicly. This is somebody that is white people naturally have formerly known as white privilege, white blessings, right? White people normally they they naturally have that, right? Judah has a whole nother level of that because of when you growing up, your father and mother is beloved. Everybody loves them in the church. So guess what? They're gonna love the kids. So you ain't had no adults. Really check you like that. Half the adults you know in your life, especially black people, either your parent, they love your parents and they're big supporters of the church, or your parents pay their salary because they work for the church. So you really had nobody be real with you. And y'all know how I am. We met each other. I'm kicking. I'm cool. Like I have served under Judah for years. I remember Judah wanted to start a church in Athens. I'm living in Atlanta. I'm driving to Athens every Monday to go lead worship at his church for no money, for free, no gas, no nothing. Cause I rock, I serve, I lay on the background, right? So you used to be being a, you used to me being in a servant position, right? And never challenging you. So this was hurtful for him. That's why you have 150 Something comments of people saying exactly what I said, but all you want to focus on is shut the fuck up because white people don't like when you speak to them. If they don't feel like you are equal, they don't like for you to talk to them like that. And that's what happened with Judah. So to the white people that's out here listening today, this episode is for y'all because what I want to do is give y'all some real advice on how to be a true ally. It's for very easy steps because if you're not an ally, you are what Dr. King used to call a white moderate. Um, let me speak, let me speak on that. Let me show y'all. This is what Dr. King 
used to say. This is what Dr. King has to say about white moderates. First, I must, must confess that over the past few years, I have been gravely disappointed with the white moderate. I have almost reached the regrettable conclusion that the Negro's great stumbling block in his stride toward freedom is not the white citizen's counselor or the Ku Klux Klaner, but the white moderate who is more devoted to order than to justice, who prefers a negative peace, which is the absence of tension, to a positive peace, which is the presence of justice, who constantly says, I agree with you on the goal you seek, but I cannot agree with your methods of direct action paternalistically believes he can set the timetable for another man's freedom who lives by a mythical concept of time and who constantly advises a Negro to wait for a more convenient season. Shallow understanding from people of goodwill is more frustrating than absolute misunderstanding from people of ill will. Lukewarm acceptance much more bewildering than outright rejection. So, Judas, you said something earlier. You said, I'd rather him to call me a nigga. That's what Dr. King is saying. You want order instead of justice. You know what order is? Speak to me respectfully. Don't tell me to shut the fuck up. You speak to me respectfully on my page. You want negative peace instead of tension. You know what negative peace is? Don't comment on my page. Slide in my DM where everybody else don't see it. Because what I did, I brought tension to your page. So to the people that say, like, this is what I'm trying to tell people. I get nobody is telling you that Rayshard Brooks should have fought the police. Nobody's saying that. And honestly and truly... If Rashad wouldn't have ran, I don't think he would have died. I even say that. That's not the point. The point is that he did fight. He did ran. And it still doesn't mean he should have died. Now, Judah's saying if that would have been a white boy, the same thing would have happened. We have no data to support that. We have no data because he keeps talking about facts and data, right? We have no data to show that. All we can show you is that unarmed black men continue to die and be killed in the streets. So, oh my God. Speaking of the white cops, because Judah's on facts, right? Judah's on facts. So this is what the facts say about this. This is what the facts say. So these are the charges that uh, we have had filed a day signed by one of our superior court judges. First of all, let me say this. Shout out to Paul Howard. Um, I really like you. And you're, they keep saying you're being political. I like the political Paul Howard. He is on his shit right now. Thank you, sir. Uh, these are the 11 charges against Officer Roth. Uh, the first charge is felony murder. This is a uh, the death that is as a result of a underlying felony. And in this case, the underlying felony is aggravated assault with a deadly weapon. And the possible sentences for a felony murder conviction would be life, life without parole, or the death penalty. Now, uh, he's also charged uh, by 
in, in the arrest warrant with aggravated assault with a deadly weapon. And uh, this is a, uh, a, 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 a count charging him for the shooting of uh, Mr. Brooks and the possible sentence for aggravated assault is one to 20 years. The uh, second, uh, the third aggravated assault account is for the shooting towards or in the direction of Mr. Melvin Evans. Mr. Evans was the person who was seated in the car. Did we have the picture of Mr. Evans? Oh. cases in So the officers were charged. If you go back and watch the whole video, we'll put it in the links. Um, they say they looked at every camera that Judah looked at. <laughs> they are, I, I would argue they went to school longer than Judah. I would argue they are better investigators than Judah. And they charged. But Judah says it's not the same thing. Keith. Can I talk to that? Can I get on their points? Let me just say this. Lastly, I'm going to say this because I know Judah is going to listen to this episode. I'm going to say this to you, Judah. Um, I don't apologize for what I said. I don't apologize for how I said it because you need to hear that. You are better than that, but right now you are letting your ego fuck up your image. And what you're saying and what you're putting out there online lasts forever. And I just don't think it's good for who you are. So even if you feel the way you feel right now, that's problematic in itself. You should retract your statement. That's all I got to say, Judah. To them white people, I want to give you all four steps on how to be an ally. So let's consider this the Jess Eldridge, and we're going to give them... For uh, all those that don't know, I am the acronym King. <laughs> so we're going to break down ally for you. The A in ally stands for assess the root of the issue. I want you to really look at the root. One problem that Judah had is he's looking at these security tapes. He's looking at these officers, but he's not looking at the root of the issue of policing, the root of their job, the root of the culture that they work in. And it's all rooted in white supremacy. So to all my white people out there, if you want to really become an ally to black people, first thing you have to do is assess the root. A couple of ways to do that. Number one, listen to your black friends. If and when they want to talk. It's very important you understand if and when. White people, if you are texting people, what can I do to help? What can I do? And they don't respond. They don't owe you a text. They don't owe you a call. This is very traumatic. We are seeing people that look just like us. Just like our brothers, just like our sisters, just like our sons, just like our daughters, just like our fathers, just like our mothers being killed every day. It's traumatic. We always don't want to talk about it. But if you find somebody that's willing, listen more than you talk. Other ways to do it. I want you to read and research black scholars who have studied white supremacy. 
a couple of people I want you to start with. James Baldwin, Frederick Douglass, Aza Hilliard, Francis Cress uh, Wilson. I want you to begin to study their readings. They will tell you what you really need to know. Another way you can assess the root is watch YouTube videos on white supremacy. There's a lot of great talks, a lot of great lectures. Um, if you don't want to hear from a black person, I suggest you try out Jane Elliott. She does a really good job at debunking uh, the I'm not racist conversation. So that's the first step. Number one is assess the root of the issue. Number two, the L in ally stands for let go of your desire to lead. You do not always have to make a statement. You do not always have to be in the front. You need to come in this movement with the spirit of service. How do you humble yourself and just support how people need you to support? Connect with the organization that's doing work. Try to serve. But you literally have to let go of your desire to lead. And that's the issue we're seeing right now with Judah. He wants to be the leader. He wants to be the voice. He wants everybody to pay attention to what he has to say so much that he is ignorantly and absolutely destroying his reputation right now. The other L in ally stands for leverage your white privilege to speak to white people. You have no right. You have no authority. You have no business speaking or telling black people what to do during this time. When we were going back and forth, Judah said, I was addressing the white people. You're not addressing white people when you say, I can't even go to the grocery store without getting shot. You're making a mockery of black people's pain. Bro, leverage your voice and talk to these white people. There's plenty of white people because you say that you agree that Brooks shouldn't have been killed. But there's plenty of white people on your page that are your friends that think not only Brooks, but George and every other hashtag that we scream out should have been killed. Use your white privilege, your videos to talk to them. The why in ally step four. Very simple. Yield your tongue and think before you speak on black issues. Again, that's yield your tongue and think before you speak on black issues. Layman terms, shut the fuck up. So Judas said something. He said, violence Silence is violence. 
But guess what? Ignorance is just as bad. If you cannot speak out of a place of true intellect, a place of true experience, a place of true love, not this white moderate love, not this, I'm going to say I love because it sounds good, but I'm not going to listen to a whole page of black people that's telling me this is not love. Bro, y'all have to really begin to think about what you're saying before you say it. If you want to be an ally, now let me just be very clear. There's a lot of you that just don't want to be allies, and that's cool too. But for those that want to stand on, I'm with you, and I want to create change, transformational change together, these are your steps. Again, last, step number one, assess the root. Y'all need to find a book. Y'all need to start reading it. Step number two, let go of your desires to lead. Step number three, leverage your white voice to speak to white people. And step number four, yield your tongue and think before you speak. Y'all, white people, if you're not an ally, if you're not for us, if you're not really on our side, if you really don't understand, my only advice to you is shut the fuck up. We say it every time. I love y'all. I need y'all, but most importantly, I can't wait to see y'all next week. We out.